Dukes has twang. Does your mayo have it? Do you ask for it by name when you go out to eat? Do you display your devotion to it for all the world to see? Can it elevate your lime cilantro aioli to a level that's borderline holy? If not, you're probably using the wrong mayo. That's because only Duke's mayo has twang. It's that little southern something that elevates food from good to downright ridiculous. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into the Graham and MacLean podcast brought to you by Duke's Mayo. This is our final episode before Christmas, but do not fret. We will be back with a vengeance. We will have Duke's Mayo Bowl preview. We will have Orange Bowl preview next week, starting on Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. But I just want to say, Mac, we hope that everyone out there has a Merry Christmas, um, a Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. We hope you have a great time with your friends and family. Just enjoy that time you have together. Be in the moment. Um, yeah, so season's greetings. That's, That's right. No arguments about anything. <laughs> Just be about calm, football. <laughs> slow down, everyone be happy. Because that's what this is all about. I, I love the holiday season. This is one of my favorite times, just with the uh, the weather, the beautiful lights, and of course the the biggest meaning of. Oh, season. you're liking this weather, Mac? How it's like Arctic temperatures in the south. Yeah, the, you know what this is? This is hoodie and shorts weather, KG. Always. It is too cold for shorts. Are you kidding? <laughs> you know, I got a lot of insulation, a lot of hair on on the legs, so I'm, I'm good. I'm good there. Um, but yeah, so super excited for this time of year. And uh, I'm super excited for this episode. Our guy joining us, Ryan Switzer, UNC alum, UNC legend, Tar Heel, just fanatic. I was looking up some of his stats just a couple of minutes ago, KG. I'm like, <laughs> this dude was so good. I mean, I, obviously, I remember that because we played against each other and seeing him. But just when you go back and look at the numbers, I mean, he led the country in punt return yards uh, as a true freshman. Dude was an All-American as a true freshman uh, had five touchdowns, punt return. I mean, that's just, that's a game changer. That's an yeah. absolute game changer. And then his senior year, we talk about this in the interview. He decides to come back, had a massive year as a receiver, over 1,000 yards, was just really the, the go-to guy for anything they needed. Uh, but I really enjoyed this interview, just kind of talking some off-the-field stuff, what he's doing, what he wants to do. And then also, of course, his thoughts on the Tar Heels this season, what they're going to do in this bowl game. Really fun interview. You guys are going to enjoy it. Let's get right to it. Joined now by Switz, man. I've been waiting on this one. I've been waiting on this bowl game to, to jump on with you, man. A Tar Heel legend. And, uh, of course, we have the Holiday Bowl coming up. But first, we want to talk about you and, and things that you've been up to. Uh, we were talking before we started recording here, and you, you're kind of easing into retirement, you said. So what's been up with, with you and your family, my man? What's up, guys? Hey, first of all, I want to I just want to say thanks for, for having me on, Eric and Kelly. Uh, I've really enjoyed following your guys' stuff throughout the year. Uh, you put out tremendous content. So, I was an honor to be a part of it. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a cool and kind of weird like last six months for me, man. You know, I got hurt again in July in a workout with the Texans um, that kind of you know forced my hand into you know shutting it down. I've had a I've had a couple surgeries since then. Um, so really, this time has been about being present with my family, getting healthy from a physical standpoint. And just kind of enjoying um, not really many responsibilities outside of the home. Um, I will tell you, though, as we as we creep towards, you know, bowl season and, 
you know, NFL playoffs, like um, I can tell that I'm ready. You know what I mean? Like I can tell that I am ready to get um, back into the swing of things. So it's been a great um, couple of months, man. And, and my family and I have really enjoyed the time we've spent. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting back into it. We We were talking about this before we came on, but we can relate. I think the thing I miss the most is just the competitive side, competing in something. And, you know, I, I make up for it in other things, which sometimes leads to fights with my husband over <laughs> random board games, but whatever, we move on from that. Um, but we hear, Switz, you may be interested in possibly the coaching route. We're excited about that. You were thinking like coaching yeah. TV, something like that. What um, intrigues you about coaching? Yeah. So I, you know, when I started, you know, when I got into retirement and, and really the last couple of years of my career, you know, as you start trying to figure out what the next 30, 40 years of your life is going to look like. Um, there was really only two routes for me, it seemed. There was, you know, do I want to try to get into media um, or or do I want to stay in it um, in, in a capacity like coaching? And for me, I, I felt like the, just as, as you, as you just touched on, like the competitiveness of the game, right? I felt like from a physical standpoint, I couldn't compete anymore. Um, I could not hold up. But the the urge and the itch to um, have a hand in helping a team win and preparing like that was one of the biggest things about the National Football League that I fell in love with was how hard it was to win each week and what really went into trying to win. Um, and so I think that part of me, that flame inside of me is still very much lit, uh, which which kind of prompted my my move to get into coaching. Um, I've been reaching out touching base with with a lot of connections that I've, I've made in the NFL and at the collegiate level to try to see what's what's going to be open. Um, and I'm really excited to see where it takes me. And uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back. Like I've learned, I've been fortunate enough to learn so much about this game of football. I've been around some of the greatest players of all time. Like not many people can say that. Like <laughs> I wasn't one of them, but I was oh, fortunate enough to come be on. around some of the greatest minds in the game. Ben Roethlisberger, Des Bryant, Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. I got to spend two years with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry in Cleveland and, wow. and see how, how they prepared week in and week out. So I just feel like um, I'm going to be able to bring a, a, a wealth of knowledge to these kids who those are their aspirations. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. And, you know, I, I want to just bring this up, too, because I loved your answer before we start recording uh, again here about the impact off the field. Could you just touch on that? Because I think that was really important for people to hear, too. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things for me that the game of football brought was the relationship side of it. Like I was talking to um, I was visiting with a couple of the my former teammates at the Steelers game. Um, you know, we took our son up to see him play the Panthers um, this Sunday and they were asking me, do I miss it? And the answer that I could give them was I miss the relationships. Like it sounds cliche, but man, you don't really realize how much of a privilege and, you know, a joy it is to be in that locker room right. week in and week out. And, and some of the um, connections that you build. Now, some guys are just associates, but that's in every walk of life. But there's really some guys who, when you get out of it, your relationships stay intact. Yeah. You know, my, I think, I had eight groomsmen, I think. I think six of them I played with. You know, wow. Mitch, Mitch, you know, Trubisky is my one of my best friends. He's the godfather to my child. Like, wow. you know, those relationships are are super important and, and especially at the college aspect. 
you know, I was telling you guys beforehand, like how I remember how important my coaches were mm-hmm. and, and put football aside, how important their presence were at, at a time when I needed it. Like mm-hmm. in a time when 18 to 20 year olds are away from their, their moms yeah. and they're away from their dads or away from their families and they need a support system. And I'm like, I want to be that, you know, I want to return that favor that my coaches, coach Brewer, coach Fedora, you know, gave to me and give to these, these younger generations in a time when, as crazy as that is, I, I think they need it the most. Sure. No, I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, when, when you just look at it, and that's what people ask me all the time, too, about you know when we're on the sidelines, you know, before a game, like, man, do you wish you're out there? And I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. I do miss, you know, the locker room. I do miss, you know, grinding with my brothers at 5 a.m. and it's freezing outside and you know, we're the only ones up on campus. And, and you know, all the relationships that you just mentioned, that that's the piece that. You know, you just really think back on you're like, man, those those were the worst times, but they were the best times because we grew Absolutely. together and we fought through it. Let's jump into this Tar Heel team, man, because up and down, and I know that you're you're a former player. Firstly, you're a fan and a smart football player, so you know what you're looking at. So there's a lot of different ways I think that you know people were getting frustrated at the end of the season. But let's just start big picture. Look at what these Tar Heels accomplished to win the Coastal, the, the last one ever. So you're taking your trophy, you're going home. Uh, the things that they accomplished, just how do you feel overall about the season to this point? Yeah, I think as a fan and even as a former player, like my overall, I'm just proud. Like, I, you know, I know the last month of the season is what it is. When you look back at it as a whole, I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm super proud of how we competed. I thought for the most part all year we competed like we played with such football character um, throughout the year, man. We lot we won a lot of games that we really probably shouldn't have won. Um, I think we were better than we expected to be, especially earlier in the season. Um, but I'm proud, man. I thought the kids and and just talking with some of the people that I know in the building, um, you know, here and you know how how focused they were in practice, and more so how focused they were in the little the little details leading up to the week. You know, weight rooms can be a grind throughout the season. You know, I was hearing that the guys were were approaching, you know, the the weight room from from a standpoint of trying to get better. Guys were on time for treatments. Guys were on time for rehabs. Guys were doing what they needed to do um, with with film and everything and studying. So, you know, as a former player and as a fan, it really you know fills me with a lot of pride because that's who I was as a player. You know, that's how I kind of made my mark. So. Um, you know, super proud, obviously didn't end it the way we want, but looking back on it, I think that's the word that, that I would use. That's well said. And Switz. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at UNC and you look at some of the quarterbacks that have come out of UNC recently, uh, Mitch Trubisky, who you mentioned, you know, pretty high draft pick, Sam Howell, he set records. Mm-hmm. He was incredible at UNC. And now there's this dude, Drake May, who uh, is perhaps better than all of them. When you look at his numbers, mm-hmm. was legitimately in the Heisman conversation what did you know about Drake coming into the season? And did you expect mm. this? Well, let's, you know, let's not forget about Marquise. Yes, yes. Marquise. I know, I know, He's been on with us before. That's my best. Shout <laughs> out Marquise. Your, yes. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so, and and three of those four guys that you named are 704 kids. They're Charlotte kids. Okay, hey, there we go. Tell, really them, tell them about Chris. it. <laughs> um, but no, so it's, it's funny. I spent a couple of, uh, I spent probably eight weeks, um, through January and February rehabbing. Um, I did, I put like t- together a little boot camp for myself down on Chapel Hill. Um, and I spent time with, with coach blue and their strength staff, just trying to get back from my 
last ankle surgery mm-hmm. uh, last year that I heard with the Browns. So um, I was around these guys a bunch, um, more so the receivers, because these guys are picking my brain. We're sitting there watching film. We're getting together on the field. But it was kind of my first couple of interactions with Drake, right? And, you know, my my initial impressions were like, man, this I don't know if this kid's got it. Like, he he's such a quiet, like, not he is there you know that is individual. amazing <laughs> he's a little you know country I mean? so you know yeah i'm like i'm picking at these these players i'm asking josh downs and i'm like hey man like w- are we gonna be all right and because at that point we still didn't know who was gonna start right you know it was between drake and jacoby that is amazing and, so, and they all you know they were all like yeah he, he he's he's not very you know vocal but he's he just he he's got it Right. He's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. And so I was like, all right. You know, I, I saw him throw a couple of times through their, on their workouts at Saturday. And, and I always appreciated, you know, the arm talent from what I saw early. I don't think it was until now. I, you can you can check me, but I think it was the FAMU game. Mm. Uh, it was like it might have been the second or third drive. And I'm not right. saying I'm I'm w- whatever the case is. But I remember tweeting like, hey, I know, you know, put the opponent aside you know, forget about FAMU. Drake looks for real. Like I just saw, and I think it was a couple of drives, some of the throws that he was making, some of his mechanics as a freshman. And I was just like, we got a chance. I didn't think it would end up the way that it was, but man, did he ever outperform outperform any expectations that I might have. That's so funny because that's like a different vantage point than my first interaction with him. Right. So I'm at practice and, you know, I'm talking to coach. I'm like, okay, is, is there really a, a difference? Is there really a, a competition going on here? And he was like, yeah, you know, both guys are having their days. I sit there and watch practice. I say, coach, there's no competition. Like, this guy <laughs> is the guy. Like, I, I don't know what you're looking at, but what I see, and maybe it's just this one day. And so I knew, man, like kind of like you said there, where that talent was undeniable. And then same as you, we're at the FAMU game. And, you know, I'm thinking this guy's going to be really good. After the FAMU game, I'm like, this guy's going to be a first-round draft pick. And then by the end of the season, I'm saying he's going to be the draft pick. Like, he's going to be the first guy. So Mac was to see one that of the transition. First. It was after, like, week two, maybe. Right. Or week three, Mac said, this guy's the best quarterback in the league. And other people was, weren't yes. saying it yet. So, shout yeah, out Mac. I mean, the arm angles, the, the position that he was th- – I mean – you either yeah. have that or you don't. Like you, you yeah. don't learn that. You don't. You don't learn yeah. how to do that. You, you just either have I, it or not. I think one of the things that impressed me the most, um, and I was kind of waiting for it. Like I was sitting there, and I was like, I, I think he's going to slip up. I think he's going to make a mistake. He was playing. He played such mistake-free football throughout the entire year, which is it's it's very rare mm-hmm. for a quarterback at that level. And then one, it's very rare for a quarterback with as little experience mm-hmm. as he had. Right. Uh, he just didn't force a lot of things throughout the entire year. He didn't make the dumb throws. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the his best attributes in, in you know, in my opinion. I totally agree with you. And just the the knowledge you talk about not making the dumb throw, like the knowledge of the offense of okay, this guy's not open, this guy's not open, okay, this guy, I'm going to throw him open. I mean, it was just, it was crazy to be able to see that from such a young age. In in your opinion, I'm going to let Kelly ask you about Josh Downs in a second here because wide receiver love, I know you got some great thoughts on him. (laughs) I want to know, in your opinion, what happened those last three games and and what you saw and what you think. And I know you're not inside the program. I know you're not having these meetings, but you're you're a smart dude. Uh, What do you think happened in those last three games? Yeah, so looking back on the season, man, like I was telling you, telling you guys earlier, we won some games that we 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 shouldn't have won. Uh, we squeaked out with some wins because we were athletically and had more talent than the the guys we were facing. 
which can help you. Um, you know, after that weight game, it felt like there was, well, one, I, I will say this. I, I think we had some detrimental injuries, mm-hmm. um, really on both sides of the football, which a lot of teams do. And that's not making an excuse, but I, I do believe that it hurt us. Um, we lost Caleb Hood to a shoulder who was really coming on um, in the backfield for us. We lost two of our best, you know, defensive linemen. You know, Noah Taylor was out, ended up being out for the year. Um, and then we lost Ray, who was really the heart and soul of that defensive line group. So I think, you know, we were kind of holding on by a thread, you know, from an injury standpoint. But I will say after the weight game and I was at I was at the Wake Forest game. I was I was I was able to sit down with a couple of the guys pregame coaching wise and it, it things felt really good. You know, it, it felt like like we were putting it together and, and we we should not have won that Wake Forest game. Um, wake out played us. We had a lot of missed opportunities that game, but that was how the ball was bouncing for us at the time. Um, and it felt like the last, I don't know, month of football, we there was a disconnect somewhere. Um, and from an out, I, I wasn't able to get you know any information, but from an outside fan looking in, it felt like maybe we played a little tight, um, which is kind of weird considering we we locked up the coastal. I, I think that um, there were some things offensively that we had been hitting on all season. Um, that we didn't, especially after the 17, nothing start against Georgia tech. I thought we played better offensively against state. I mean, state, I don't think got enough credit for how good their defense really was. I thought we moved the ball fairly well against them for, for the way that, you know, they were set defensively. Um, but we were just playing, we, you know, this Eric, you want to be playing your best football in November and the NFL, they always talk about December football. Um, and we weren't, man, we were trending downwards and we caught a bad case of momentum that, uh, we just ultimately couldn't overcome. Yeah. I think UNC weirdly played its best football. You could argue in October. And so then that's what happens in November can be interesting. I agree. I said a lot about the injuries when we were talking about this, because basically the entire running back room was injured, like the whole Mm -hmm. room. I mean, that is very Mm -hmm. difficult to overcome. And then the ACC championship, I think I felt bad for Mac Brown because, Dabo had literally not played Cade Klubnik like that the entire season. And he just he just kind of played Matt. Surprise, like, he was waiting for that last game. No <laughs> one expected that. Yeah. Not even Clemson yeah. fans. And you're just not you're not prepared for that. So I think all those yeah. things came together. That I will say that, that ACC championship game was a little more frustrating for me okay. from, a, from a fan standpoint, being being in the stands. I, I felt like that was one of the first times all year we we didn't compete. Mm-hmm. Um I, I felt like and it was a whatever, weird vibe. It was a it weird was vibe. such a weird vibe because, because y'all marched started, down the field and I'm yeah. like, Oh gosh, this is going to be bad. Man, <laughs> I, I really felt like I was seeing October UNC, right. you know, those first and granted DJ was still at quarterback, but you know, we got two initial stops, yeah. you know, on Clemson's offense. Um, but again, the things that really bit us in the butt the last half of the season hurt us in the ACC championship game, four special teams. Yeah. And, we couldn't get timely stops as a defense. Mm-hmm. And then the one, t- it, it felt like the, I was watching the Notre Dame game all over again. Right. The, Clemson goes up to score and then, you know, we've got the ball back with a chance to go tie it. We turn it over in our own end of the field. And that, you know, ultimately we just couldn't overcome that against a team like Clemson. Yeah. It was, it was a very interesting game too, a game where I don't think Clemson <laughs> fans even expected what happened offensively. I want to ask you about Josh Downs because as you mentioned, You have been around some of the goats of the game in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Josh Downs leaves UNC as one of the best wide receivers in school history. He is going to 
be a high draft pick and end up somewhere. So how do you think Josh Downs game translates to the NFL? Yeah, first of all, I'd, I'd say Josh is Josh is a better and it's I feel like this is cliche, but Josh is really a better. He's actually a better person than he is player. Like Josh comes from a phenomenal family. Like I, I really enjoyed getting to know Josh the person uh, at the time, as, especially the time that I, I spent rehabbing there at That's UNC, cool. we were hanging out, watching, watching, you know, NFL playoff games together. Like I felt like I was like, man, this is a solid kid. Um, so I will say that. But um, if I had a, a fraction of the athletic ability and talent that Josh Downs had, I might have been the GOAT. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sitting there and and throughout the offseason, I'm watching this kid work out and I'm watching him prepare and I'm just like, wow. I mean, he's, he's got, you know, 40 inch vertical. He's got all the intangibles that you would want. Um, and so I think Josh is going to one. I pray that he gets in a, in a system um, because the NFL is all about system. And Man, we can talk about, we can have an hour podcast you, about that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm, I, I think his game translates no matter where he goes, but I, I feel like in order for him to, um, have the career that he wants and the career that I know he can have that he, he needs to get in a system where um, he can be featured, where he's going to be asked to do some things that he, he wasn't asked to do at Carolina from a route tree standpoint. Um, but athletically he can hold up with the best of them. And that's always going to give him a chance. Like he's, he's never going to be um, someone who he's lining up somebody who's, I mean, 90% of the time he's going to line up against somebody who's fast, he's faster than he's quicker than he can start and stop, you know, better. And that's always going to give him a chance. So I'm excited to see what plays out. Uh, I'm, I really I'm going to miss him. I feel like the two years, you know, he didn't play much as a freshman. I feel like the two years that we got was not enough. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm really going to I'm really going to miss, uh, you know, seeing number 11 in Carolina Blue. Switch, Man, you, I, are I being, you. you are being a little humble here because I believe you ran a four, three, 40. <laughs> so I got, apparently I got slower as I got older <laughs> because I ended up running in the four fours at the combine and I remember oh that's terrible first, well you know I yeah I, I I just remember my entire time throughout my career in the weight room I'm looking at these guys that I'm working out with and I'm like what am I doing here mm-hmm. like I can relate just, I can relate and I'm like as hard as I worked and as hard as I tried and as good as I stayed on my diet I just physically could never stand up to these kids literally the same I got you Mac maybe a little different Mac was able to no, to put no, on that no. o-line girth it was that country. It was that country strength. That's that all it was. Strong, that's all it yeah. was, man. Oh gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, man, I, I want to before we kind of jump into this game, I want to touch on this just because I, I don't think I've seen your thoughts on it anywhere. But man, it, it's this new world that we're in right now. When you look at collegiate athletes with NIL, with the transfer portal, and the thing that I despise the most, opting out of bowl games, mm. and I understand it from a business standpoint i understand sure. it if if i'm a first sure. round pick i'll extend it to 32 picks if i'm a first round sure. guy i understand it if sure. if i'm a top 10 guy i really understand it just because that sure. money changes really quickly the farther you go back but some of these cats man i was getting fired up about this yesterday so i'm gonna try to stay calm right now <laughs> some of these guys that might not even get drafted that maybe at best are a six rounder and you're deciding to opt out to to train for the combine that you're sure. not going to be invited to, by the way. Sure. What, what are your thoughts on all this? Because it, it's really, man, I, I just think it's like a fad. Like, people think it's cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. I could not even imagine not putting that helmet on when I had the opportunity to, for the last time, 
Sure. And then 10 years from now being like, what am I thinking? So I just yep. love your thoughts. I'm trying to stay calm. I'd love to stay. Your thoughts <laughs> on that. Man, I will tell you, it is, it is wild times because you're right. It, it seems like the norm now. And I remember when, so I just, I'll preface this by saying like, when I was thinking about leaving Carolina, my junior season, and declaring for the draft, like I got really as much feedback as as I could, and I remember being told um, by my co- by Coach Fedor. I remember him sitting in his office and him being as honest as he could and saying, "Look, it probably does not matter what you do your senior year. Hmm. You could come back and have two thousand yards receiving. You could set you know the all time punt return record. You're probably not going to go higher." Then third to fourth round. And I remember thinking, hmm. So I had a decision to make. Like, right. do I want to come back? And there was really the thing that drew me back to school was I felt like I didn't want to have any regrets. And by regrets, I mean, like, I didn't want to look back at if I declared for the NFL being like, man, what what could have happened my senior season? What could have my see what could my senior year look like? Mm-hmm. And by staying, man, I was able to create some of my some of the greatest memories that I will have as a football player. I mean, some of my best games came my senior year. We played some of the the best opponents in the country. And I'll say that by I had a whole season to think about, not just a game. Mm -hmm. And so when we got to the Sun Bowl, I believe it was we were playing Stanford um, and there was really not even a question for me. Hey, was I going to sit out? Or was I going to play? Because I had everything to lose as a player. Like, had I gotten hurt, if we're going to talk about from an injury standpoint, not even preparing for the combine, which is nonsense, because you have plenty of time as it is. But from an injury standpoint, if I was going to sit out because of an injury, I had everything to lose. Had I gotten injured against Stanford, I would not have gotten drafted. Mm -hmm. Like, for everything that I, I accomplished as a collegiate athlete, like, I still only went fourth round. Now, I say only, but, you know, that's half of the pack. Sure. So had I gotten injured, I fully believe that I would have gone undrafted. But there was never a doubt in my mind, like, hey, you know, am I going to sit out or am I play? Like, right. I, I looked at that like, hey, I'm playing Stanford, who's a, who's a, who's a historic program, yeah. who's top 20 in the country. Like, I want to go out. I'm playing on CBS. I got some of my favorite announcers that are calling <laughs> this game, like – as a competitor, I was like, and and you probably felt the same way, Eric. Like I'm, there's there's no question in my mind. But and again, that was a little bit before, kind of, you know, this trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say that, um, like you, like you, I'm kind of split, and and there's there's some cases, I think some unique cases, and where I okay, I get it. But you're right, man. For for the majority of these guys, like this is the last time that you're gonna you're gonna put on this 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 helmet. Yeah. This is the last time you're going to put on this Jersey. Right. Um, and I love what, what Bryce young at yeah. Alabama said. Um, I think I saw that today on Twitter. I think, I mean, he kind of hit the nail on the head just about the, the playing with your brothers and, and kind of, you know, finishing what you started. And, yeah. um, yeah, I, I probably am. Should, I'm not going to say what I probably am really thinking <laughs> because I'm getting into this coaching world, sure. but I think you guys can kind of understand sure. a little bit. You know, Do you think, with the world we're in, do you think if you were, like you said, if you're, if you're a senior right now and UNC is going to play in the Holiday Bowl, would you, I'm not asking you to say if you'd play or not, because I think you would, but would you, do you think you would at least consider it more than you did back in 2016, just because of how much the world has changed? Um, I think I would be lying if I said I didn't, just because of, of every, I guess, not, 
not everything that's at stake because the same is at stake, but just kind of the nature of and the trend. Yeah. Um, and you see all these other guys again, on I'm your just, team opting out too. And then you're like, do we even have a chance in this yeah, game? But I, again, I think it's something that you're, you're built with. And I spoke with Josh about this. Josh has been kind of banged up throughout the entire yeah. season. You know, he's, he's a guy that ha- has opted out. Josh has, has been banged up. Um, and again, for him, I think there's a little bit more risk involved in playing than, than in sitting out. So I think he's going to be able to take this time to get healthy. And I'm, I'm super happy for him about, but you know, I'm seeing some of these kids like entering the transfer portal and they're taking visits to other schools while <laughs> their team is preparing for a, a game. And I'm it's really mind blowing to me. I mean, you're sitting here, you, you're playing a, a it's kind of like, you know, my senior year, you're playing in a historic program who's had a phenomenal season. Um, who's probably going to be projected top five, mm-hmm. you know, in the AP poll next to start next year. And I mean, it's, it's just a massive opportunity, I feel like. And, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of the kind of entitlement world that we're living in. Right now. It, is. it is. And it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. And you just hope that, you know, you can advise and give advice when asked and, and try to, you know, make people or help people make the best decision for themselves. Sure. Um, Switch, we got to get you out of here. I want your thoughts on the game quickly. Uh, but before we let you go, man, just kind of 10,000 foot view. What do you want to see from your Tar Heels as, as they uh, face Oregon, who's a, a really good team and has a lot of momentum coming into this thing? Yeah, I think this is a super interesting matchup for us. I don't, I don't love the matchup. I mean, Oregon should, Oregon should really be probably playing for a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, they, they, they had that twenty-one point collapse there against Oregon State to, to end the year. But I mean, you, if you look at their roster top down, I mean, they've got some phenomenal players. I think their top two running backs and top two receivers are sophomores. Um, you know, obviously with with Bo Nix at the helm and him coming back. Um, they've got some really impressive wins throughout the year too. I mean, they, I think, you know, the, the win against Utah, I remember watching that game and then, then picking off rising three times. Um, so this is a really strong Oregon team. I will, I will say that, you know, for us, um, obviously not having Josh is going to hurt, um, you know, long ago, moving on to Wisconsin, don't really know what the offensive you know, who's going to handle that, how it's going to look. Is it going to look any different? Are they going to have some time throughout bowl prep to to kind of get it squared away? I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to have some guys step up in the receiver room. I'm glad to see, you know, Antoine is, is going to be out there. But this is a this is a, a massive opportunity in my eyes for this Carolina team to kind of right the ship. And I kind of said the same thing about going into the Clemson game. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, Come the 28th, I will be all hopeful and I'll probably be tweeting away about how we're going to win this game and probably saying some things I shouldn't. But uh, I'm super excited to watch them play. I think this is a great matchup. I mean, you're going out to the West Coast. Um, they could have drew a 7-5 and five team, an 8-4 and four team, but they didn't. They drew an Oregon team that should really be at 10 wins, 11 wins. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah, no doubt. We are too, my man. Well, this was super fun. We got to have you back on uh, yeah. and, and yeah, go for longer, bro. man, because this was this was a lot of fun. We appreciate you and uh, excited for your future, my man. All right, guys. Thanks for taking the time with me today. Man, how fun was that? Duke's Mayo guest, Ryan Switzer. Just really fun conversation. We, we need to bring him back on in the summer, KG, because yes. we could have spoke for an hour plus. I mean, that, that dude is – 
done it all, seen it all, the rooms that he said he was a part of uh, in the NFL, and, and just, man, to be around some of those wide receivers and, and to be a sponge, like he said. I mean, this dude more than prepared uh, when, when he gets that opportunity to become a coach. Super excited for him. Uh, I'm also super excited to finally share this with the people of the podcast. It's time. It's time. It's long overdue. Just had some stuff pop up, guys. I couldn't do it. I have to tell you this Duke's Mayo story. So I told you about the wings <laughs> and how I was browsing around on the, the land of Instagram, and I came across this guy uh, who, who was making wings on his Traeger, and he used mayo as a binder. And I was like, that is so weird sounding. I don't know if it's going to be good. And then I talked to you about it, KG, a couple weeks ago. I said, what do you think about this? And you said, yeah, I mean, mayo is in so many different things. You just don't even know. Correct. You don't even know. And so I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. It was the best wings I've ever made in my entire life. Wow. Like hands down. Best ever? Best ever. And you know why? It's because they had twang and they had that Duke's mayo. And it was an unbelievable, uh, you know, just combination there. You put it all together. It's extra crispy. I'm going to make some uh, again very soon. And I will share it with you guys. But go check it out over on our YouTube page. There's a little short somewhere. If you just scroll down like right here. It's like right there. Uh, And then if you go over to my Instagram, I posted the entire recipe. So you guys can make that as well. It sounds weird, but it's awesome. I'm telling you. A lot of people were commenting, Mayo, Mayo, what do you Trust me. Look at me. Body, not by accident. Okay, so I know what I'm doing there. Uh, You can get some more of this amazing recipe. Such fun stuff. Go over to DukesMayo.com. They share so many different things on their Instagram as well. Uh, Just a lot of cool stuff you can check out there. KG, we also have to tell people about our giveaway for the Duke's Mayo. Oh, man. So excited about this, y'all. We are doing a massive giveaway. We're going to be picking our winner on Friday. So make sure you enter. Go to me and Max Twitter, okay? At Eric Macklin on Twitter, at Kelly Gramlich. You'll find it there. It's a big yellow graphic. And we are giving away four club-level seats to the Duke's Mayo Bowl featuring NC State and Maryland. So get in now. We have had a ton of entries, but that is not to discourage you because we're going to pick someone randomly. So get in there. Tell us. You need to like it, retweet it. Tell us who you're bringing with you. That's all you have to do. Some of the stories of who they're bringing have have been excellent. I've enjoyed reading those. But we appreciate Duke's Mayo for the hookup this year of four club-level tickets. Those are awesome seats. And we want to give someone a little early Christmas present. So make sure you get in and – what I know about NC State fans, Mac, is they show up, they are active, and there's a lot of them. Right. So shout out to the NC State fans <laughs> who are getting in on this giveaway, and make sure you enter now. That's right, KZ. And you, you talk about the fun just responses. Like a lot of people, you know, you just literally did what I asked, and you tell us you know, who you want to bring, but the stories of yep. why they want them. Tell and us and story. The, the, the relationship of, man, this is my, my father. He graduated in the 60s. He hasn't been back since. Uh, you know, cool to see those. But my favorite one that I received, uh, what was this guy that says, God knows that I need this, so I know that I'm going to be picked to win. Maybe maybe so, man. You know what? Maybe so. We'll see. We'll if see. If you don't ask, it can't happen. <laughs> That's so, right. That's right. It, it is a random we generator. that. <laughs> and uh, big man might select you. He might select you and, and put you to the top. Uh, KG, we have That's to talk hilarious. about this game. Holiday Bowl. Carolina's traveling the world to go out to play Oregon out in California. Um, man, this is an interesting matchup. It is. We've got number 15, Oregon, 9-3, and three, taking on North Carolina, who's a 9-4. and four. This game's on December 28th at 8 p.m. on Fox. 
And they are going out to San Diego. I think I said this last year when we talked holiday bowl, San Diego is the most beautiful place in the country. I, I am jealous. It's going to be the only place or one of the only places in the whole country this Christmas season that's not Arctic temperatures. So I hope that UNC fans enjoy it and the UNC players. Oregon is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, which is, I think, the biggest spread of any of these ACC bowl games that we're talking about, Mac. The total is 73, which I also find very interesting. ESPN FBI gives Oregon a 70% chance to win this game. I think Switz said it best. You know, this is a game where no one's going to be picking UNC. Vegas is very much out on UNC. There's so many opt-outs. It feels like the entire defensive secondary has opted out for North Carolina. Josh Downs has opted out, which I think we all understand a little more because of the injuries he dealt with throughout the season. And then you pile that on with all the other injuries that North Carolina's had. And then you've got Oregon, who has had a few opt-outs, but the main thing is Bo Nix is playing. And not only is he playing, Mac, he's coming back for another year. So the motivation, I think, is even higher because he wants to kickstart Oregon's season. They win this game. As Switz was saying, they're probably going to be preseason top five. He wants to kickstart his own Heisman campaign. Like, there's a lot of motivation there. I'll say the good news for UNC is Drake May's playing. And and that is good news because Drake (laughs) May has been great. But the opt-outs for UNC concern me. Yeah, me too. And especially in that secondary where they just weren't already great, but now you're putting in young right. and experienced. I Against assume Bo Nix. Right. I assume not as good guys because they didn't play all year. So with with that, man, it, it's going to be very interesting. On top of the, the change of the coordinator position. And, and now right. who's going to be calling plays? Is, is Drake going to be the coordinator on the field? I'm joking about that, but that'd be kind of, kind of cool. Um you know, just, just to see, yeah, I mean, just let him figure it out. Put the little NFL speaker in his ear and let's ride. Um, just to see all that is going to be intriguing. Um, man, I was super bullish on Oregon before, but that's a huge number. And yeah. I just think Drake's that good to where that's okay. not going to happen. Really? I'm not picking them to win. But you're taking them to cover. But I'm taking them to cover. And I think it's going to be a show. I think over under, I think you go over. Over I think, 70. I think this could be one of the best games of the bowl season. I think it has the potential to be that. I hear you on all of that. And if UNC <laughs> had everybody, yeah, I think especially so if they had Josh Downs, I would agree with you. But I think, Mac, I'm going to go complete opposite. And I, this number is large, and it it does scare me. But I think the announcement of Bo Nix returning for another year just oh, gives Oregon a different level of pop in this game. So I'm – I'm going to take Oregon minus 14 and a half, and I would take the under. I, I don't, 70 is a lot of points, and I'm wondering yeah, how is. much UNC scores. And I think it also, you know, this game's on the West Coast. I know the West Coast is much further apart than people think. Like, it's not just a quick little drive from Oregon to San Diego, but <laughs> it is a long trip for UNC and just the change at the coordinator position. I know, um, you know, Oregon lost a coordinator as well, but. I hate to do this because we've spent this whole episode with Switz and giving love to UNC and I'm wearing Carolina blue. And you're and, out. And you know I love Mac Brown with all my heart, but I'm trying to be right and win true. this competition. Win the, win the bowl challenge. This is the only one we're different on so far. I know. So I'm going to take Oregon to cover. Wow. Here here did I think the Tar Heels were going to be the reason I win this competition. I did not. They might be, are. Mac. Might um, be. Here's my thing. So the biggest struggle for the Tar Heels that we saw in that stretch was when people dropped eight. Mm. They just couldn't function. You have had a month to figure that out. But you, you still have no healthy running backs. 
I don't care. <laughs> Drake, throw it 60 times. Like, we've got to figure that piece out. And, and we'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, give it back to Amarion Hampton. I don't know why that changed if he had a little bit injury or if he just didn't know pass protection. I don't care. Put somebody else into pass protection. Put a guard back there who can pass protect. Uh, but let's let Drake spin it. Let's let Amarion run it. And uh, defense is optional. Let's just get the ball back and score as quickly as we can. That's why I think it's going to be exciting. I think it has that potential – I am very interested, though. Just what will the offense look like? It is there Longo-ish things? I think it, you have to. It would be very hard to install an entire playbook yeah. right now. But, man, Drake, say what you like. Let's run it, and uh, let's run this thing up. That, that's what I think is going to happen. Here's my question. And if you answer yes to this, I'll change my pick. Can oh. Switz suit up? Well, that's intriguing <laughs> because I think he has a COVID year. So No, he doesn't have a COVID Can he? Yes, I think he can. Will he? Absolutely not. If Switz was out there with his punt you return good. game, you feel good I'd, be, I'd be changing the pick. But I still think a lot of, as, as Switz was saying, huge opportunity yes. for UNC to get a 10th win, which would be massive. And even if UNC loses this game, Oregon, yeah, they'll be probably top five. UNC is still going to be probably top 20 preseason yeah. next year. and. Yeah have a lot to play for, especially with who they bring in in the portal, perhaps. So still a great year for UNC. So I love Switt's thoughts on kind of the collapse at the end, but yeah. a future, uh, a bright future ahead for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we'll see. First, first, uh, you know, disagreement here from the Grandma and McLean podcast. Let's see who's right. We will find out. Super excited, guys. Have a merry Christmas. We hope you have an awesome holiday season here. Leave Santa up. some mayo. Leave Santa some mayo, as KG said, or some recipes with mayo. It doesn't have to be necessarily just mayonnaise, whatever you want to do. Uh, but if it is going to be mayo, better be right here. Duke's Mayo. Come on. Hold it down. Uh, big shout out to our producer, Richmond Weaver. Thank you for everything that he does. Make us sound and KG look good. I There's no hope. There's just nothing that we can do there. Uh, go check out his podcast, Rich Take on Sports. So many different fun stories. Any walk of life that you can think about. Any situation, any story that has to do with sports, he has it covered there. A lot of great interviews. Uh, but we also need you to go to our YouTube page. If you're not watching it, we're pointing down. We do it every subscribe. week. Go subscribe. That's rate, what review, we comment. want for Christmas, by the way. Yeah. Oh, if, that would you, be if you great. ask. That'd be great. Subscribe. Be great. <laughs> subscribe to the channel. Uh, comment. Always fun to read those and, and hear what you guys' thoughts are on, on the podcast there. Also go over to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe there. But that's it from us. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane presented by Duke's Mayo. Until next time, we'll see y'all. <laughs>